Hi, Jens here. Are you interested in innovation? This might be something for you too. Every Friday, I share the latest innovation articles, ideas, videos, books, podcasts, and more that I discovered during the week in my newsletter, Connect the Dots. If you subscribe, you will receive an email into your inbox every Friday. You can't find the newsletter anywhere else, so you have to subscribe if you want to receive it. Head over to jensheitland.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. But now, let's get started with the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Jens Heitland Show where I connect the dots of innovation and entrepreneurship. My name is Jens Heitland and welcome to the show. Today's guest is starting international business communication, is a young entrepreneur and a co-founder of the XYZ Playground. Please welcome to the show, Deborah Labush. Tell us a bit about yourself. What's, what's your story? After graduating from high school, I went to Tanzania for one year to work for the Tanzanian Red Cross Society. And this year really did a lot. I experienced, you know, this completely foreign culture. I was on my own. I had to deal with a lot of adjusting myself and also kind of measuring my own cultural borders. You know, how far can I adapt? How far can I maybe push like initial nose into a like, well, maybe then I realized I put a lot of effort into learning Swahili hmm. and I realized that that was a total game changer. So I just bonded with people so deeply. I made the nicest, deepest connections and it, it just gave me a whole different access to, to the country and the culture. And, you know, language also carries a lot of way that we have an understanding of mm -hmm. ourselves and of others. Yeah. Really interesting. When I came back from Tanzania after a year, first of all, I was not ready to go back to Germany at all. <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the flight just angry. <laughs> and I had decided during my stay in Tanzania that I wanted to further explore other languages to get this, this access to other cultures that I could get through learning Swahili. And I decided to study Mandarin. That was tough, especially because it started two weeks after I was back. So for the first one and a half years of studying Mandarin, I was still in a crazy culture shock from being back from Tanzania. And it was difficult also to dedicate yourself to this, again, new language. But I think it was really super interesting. I had the chance to study in China for half a year to experience the culture. And it was really cool to notice how, how curious people are and how easy it is to connect once you get over yourself and actually <laughs> dare to speak the language. Yeah. And I think that cultures are are a really, really important thing that are often overlooked in our like daily life, which is a shame really, because 
our world is increasingly globalizing. So I think that it's really crucial to to deal with culture and to educate yourself a bit about culture, about your own perspective on things and how that might be based on your cultural norms and values and how other people's thinking might be based on their cultural norms and values and that we maybe just have to be a little more tolerant with each other. Also, even though you know it once, it's not, not something that just stays there. You have to keep on reminding yourself of it, yeah. especially in like situations of conflict or misunderstanding. So that was really interesting time for me, you know, to get this access to different cultures and to realize how, how limited one's own thinking really is in terms of cultural ethnocentrism. And I think those are, are like main topics that, that are really interesting for me and that I got to experience and that have really contributed a lot to how I think and act. 100% see the same. Like when, when, when I was moving to Russia, I really did a lot of effort to learn the language and it was far away from being good, but just learning a little bit of the language helps you to understand the culture in a different way and the people are reacting in different ways. Way deeper connection than others who are just staying in the English world and so on. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. What brought you to Tanzania? You just didn't jump into a, an airplane and, and <laughs> landing in Tanzania, I guess. No. So during high school, my two sisters decided that they wanted to spend a year abroad mm. and they both decided to go to the U.S. to, you mm. know, have a high school year in the U.S. And that was cool. And they've had their experience. And I thought like, yeah, I, I also want to go abroad, but I thought I wanted to go somewhere a little more exotic. <laughs> and I applied for different programs where you could go to to a country in Africa or South America for a year and the Red Cross was interested mm. in me. They had different projects in Africa in four different countries. Mm. So they had Tanzania, Uganda, Namibia and South Africa. And I looked at the projects and I decided that Tanzania was was the best fit for me where I could experience most and but not on a really extreme level for example the projects offered in South Africa by that time we wouldn't have had access to electricity or running water I was like oh <laughs> might be a little extreme um, <laughs> I'm <laughs> not sure I'm up for that so I wanted exotic but Maybe not, not that exciting. <laughs> so after thinking through the different projects and also living conditions, Tanzania it was. You said you spent half a year in, in China. Where, where did you spend your, your time? I spent it in Beijing. Hmm. I studied at the Beijing University as an exchange student. And I am so happy that I was in Beijing. I think it's such a cool city. I think that it has so much to offer. It's modern. Also, it has a lot of history. And I think there's a lot of culture. And I think it's it's an amazing city. Yeah. You're studying international business communication. That's true. Yeah. How, how does this help you? It's like your experience alone is already 
like huge wealth of knowledge and and and, and worth it. But how how do you connect this to a business context now? Businesses are are interacting and also on a multinational level. I really value about my program now that I am able to kind of theorize the things that I observed and experienced to, mm. you know, get this backdrop of, ah, <laughs> that's why. And then I think that most of the interactions I had were private or mm. friendship-based interactions that taught me a lot, but in a different sense. I think it's really interesting to to see also how, you know, things from a business perspective work and what you have to consider when you when you want to do business with organizations or individuals from other countries. Moving from your story towards an entrepreneurship. So how do you see the world as a young entrepreneur who is kind of venturing in in that direction while studying? We're really at a at a point right now also when looking at corona crisis that we have to reshape our thinking. Hmm. I think that a lot of processes in our society are based on capitalism only and profit only. And I think that is a not very sustainable concept. I think that I'm I'm 24. I have this, you know, world ahead of me that is not going to work like this forever. We're ruining ourselves. <laughs> so, I think that we we need to adjust our our thinking a little and have a bit of a of a shift in mindset on how we do business, how we consume and how we set priorities. Hmm. How, how do you use then your knowledge of the international spheres and as well like the, the experience you have had in China and Tanzania in this? So I think that if you want to reach something, you well, something on a global scale, right? Mm. Um, you need to connect with other countries and you need to connect with people from other countries. And I think that is where my experience comes in handy and also my my knowledge of language as you said when you know a language even if it's not perfect mm. people will be so happy that you're trying <laughs> and it's way easier to get a connection to someone right i think that it helps me to you know to kind of think in a more global way and to also have some sort of idea of other cultures and potential reactions or potential ways we could engage with other other cultures and countries it's quite funny because i always talk about the like the language of business and how how business can change the world and through business we change the world yeah. so it's quite interesting when you see that as well if you call it language that it works in the same direction You're part of this initiative or even business, which is called XYZ Playground. What, yeah. what does it mean to you? So to me, the XYZ Playground is a really, really cool space that helps me personally to grow and to gain experience on how different processes work. Also to, to be able to apply some of my university knowledge like into practice that is really extremely exciting 
to be able to look at communication processes and how our own little diverse group of people from a lot of different cultures, how we act and think and how we can, you know, align ourselves with each other. I think that it's really a great project because I think that, as I said, we can't continue what we do now hmm. forever. So we need to innovate our system. And I think that innovation is the key to human survival, because if you don't innovate, you're not going to get anywhere. It really gives me some sort of hope for the future so that we can, you know, stay innovative, try to inspire innovation and innovation communication in organizations across the globe and, you know, have this young mindset of people who, who all have, I think, something to say. And I think that's really, really cool. So if, if we take XYZ Playground, how do you describe that to someone else? Like, like people might think like, what the heck is that? So I'd say it's a millennial-led business that wants to inspire a shift of mindset in organizations. The goal is that we, through communication and through getting in touch with executives from our young person's perspective, that we can perhaps, hopefully, get some of those executives to reinvent perhaps some processes to, you know, perhaps help them to, to apply innovation and apply it in a way that is sustainable and that is doable within, within an organization so that, you know, change can be really challenging for an organization because you cannot stand still, but you also don't want to overly stress out your employees and you need to find a way how to apply innovation and implement changes in your organization that have a transition from the old to the new system that is as smooth as possible. And I think that that is also something that we can look at together. It's a really cool group of, of young people who have a lot of thought on sustainable processes, how to reinvent our system of consume. And yes, I think that is what basically our punchline is. What can leaders of today learn from leaders of tomorrow? We're also having this generational exchange. It's really meant to be an exchange. So it's, it's, it's like a relationship. Huh? that continues over time and where, you know, we share our insights and we also get insights from executives that, uh, you know, just by hearing about their situation and the issues that they're dealing with that we can consider and uh, in our, like, young minds <laughs> to uh, get to a sustainable solution together. How do you explain what you're doing to your fellow students. What I said was basically, okay, I need to tell you something. <laughs> don't be mean. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, okay, so I'm in this group of people and we're founding a business. 
And, you know, most of them were like, what? You know nothing. What, what are you doing running a business? <laughs> and then I went on explaining that it's initiated by you and that we're a group of young minds from all over the world who want to make a change and to think that the way it is now, it is not very sustainable. We want to provoke some sort of mindset shift, really. Mm. And of course, there were many questions about what do you mean? How do you want to do that? And I said that, well, we're offering kind of, you know, ways to connect with each other and our thoughts, basically mm. our thoughts and our time. And to be able to, you know, also get people out of their bubble of thoughts, you know, because we all have that. We have our routines, we have our ways of always doing something a certain way. And yeah, I think it's it's valuable to anybody. It doesn't matter if you're an executive or just a private person needing a friend's advice on on a certain problem or a question. I think if you listen to others and try to understand their thinking, you can broaden your mind. Before we started recording, you mentioned that you're now back in Germany for Christmas break. You're living in the Netherlands, for those who don't know. What did you tell your parents? <laughs> you haven't. I haven't. <laughs> That's a Christmas present. Hey, by the way, I'm open. <laughs> I'm founding a business with a couple of dudes from across the world. <laughs> yeah, that I've never met in person, but... Yeah. <laughs> No, I haven't told them yet because I think that... So I told my little sister and she's really happy and she's proud. <laughs> But I think that my parents would be, first of all, a little worried and ask a couple of questions that I might not be able to answer yet. So because we're still in a phase of, you know, beta testing and experimenting, so... I think they would be extremely unsatisfied with my answers. And I'm going to present them something as, as soon as we have something that is a little more tested and advanced. And I feel like I can answer their questions. That's also a little bit a cultural thing. Yeah. <laughs> German parents are slightly different than others. Yeah. So. Similar, but different. Yeah, you know, parents are always parents, I guess. Ah, ah. <laughs> um, I decided that right now is not the perfect moment to share. <laughs> But maybe you should you should record that on video just just for our group to to, <laughs> to see afterwards the reaction. Yeah, maybe I can I can ask my sister or something too, to <laughs> be like, I founded a business. <laughs> Where do you think the XYZ playground will morph toward? Where, where will it be in a year from now, in two years from now? What could it be from your imagination? From my imagination, it could be a place where, you know, people can exchange ideas freely, where you have the chance to, to experiment with ideas, where you can kind of try to apply some innovative structures or discuss them through and where you still don't have the risk you have when you just go and apply it to your organization. In my imagination, it's a place where it's a kind place of interaction with people, with 
the will to innovate and to make a change. How do you see innovation? What is innovation from, from your perspective? The only way we can continue, because if we just keep things as they are, for example, climate goals will be in the trash. You can, you can just forget about that. You can forget about anything, really. <laughs> so our world is going to heat up so quickly that I don't think it would be reasonable to really have a family and have children in like, more, I don't know, 10, 15 years. I don't think that would be a, a responsible idea because we're destroying ourselves so quickly that... <laughs> I think that innovation is the one thing that, you know, gives us hope. I think that we've always had challenges across history and really difficult times, every country in their own way. But somehow, you know, through innovation, a lot of crises could be managed. What we see right now is that, you know, the corona pandemic, it's a virus that comes from an animal And if, if we keep on destroying animals' habitats, they will move closer to humans and pandemics will occur more often. You know, the animals don't have the space to live anymore. Obviously, they're going to get closer to us. Mm. And there's always going to be some sort of virus that manages to just jump to humans. And, you know, things are connected. It's not all isolated from each other. I think that innovation is our way to get ourselves out of this mess. Hmm. How do you think combining innovation with your background of international business communication? You know, I'm preliminary interested in internal communication. Hmm. And something that I find really, really interesting is change communication, which is exactly this process of looking at how do I implement the change into my organization without freaking out my staff. Mm. Huh? So this is, you know, kind of my sweet spot where I can have my communication. I can also, you know, when working in an MNC or somewhere abroad, I can apply my knowledge of managing communication within a company mm. and managing it on a culturally appropriate level and also helping innovation and change to to be applicable in organizations. Hmm. So if you would have the chance to do a project with communication, which is something everyone in the whole world will would touch or would experience or would be part of, what would it be? If it's something that everybody would touch, I think it should be something basic that starts at a very basic level of mm. mutual understanding which is something like ethnocentrism which means i am from germany and i am aware that my actions and my way of thinking and my way of communicating is largely based on how where and how i was raised while i also see that other people may be from Tanzania or China and their backgrounds of growing up, of culture, of norms and values and being raised may differ greatly from mine. And that thus, you know, 
our ways of thinking and acting may not be weird or something, but they might just be natural based on how we grew up and, you know, acting from our own culture. So I think this is really something that I would love for everybody to, to know and for everybody to kind of keep at heart so that there can be a bit more tolerance and understanding. Where do you think you will be in a year from now? If everything goes well. This summer I will finish my master's degree. So I will hopefully have a job in a year from now. and. I want to be in an environment, it's it's a little difficult, of course, for me to say like where I'm going to end up or something, but I would love to be in an environment of, you know, good communication <laughs> where, you know, colleagues, you know, you don't have to be perfect friends with everybody, but I think as long as you manage to communicate with each other, hmm. that's so valuable I want to be in an environment where I have the chance to thrive, you know, to develop myself, to learn, and where people will trust in my abilities and where I can get experience. Yeah, I think that will be amazing. You're similar to, to, to myself, an international thinker. You're, of course, German from a heritage, but you're not really thinking like a German anymore. Or it's yeah. kind of, it's still there, but not. Yeah. Um, for, for me, it was like, I'm back in Germany since August and it's now December and I still haven't arrived. After six years living outside of Germany and, uh, and almost 15 years traveling around the world yes. in total. Where do you see from that perspective next year? I'm not tied to Germany. I would love to to be abroad, to, you know, have the chance to experience hmm. cultures however there is this this phenomenon of a cultural shock right where you you come back and you're just like everything seems kind of off right now i'm too thirsty to explore and <laughs> learn to be stopped by anything like that because it's a very natural thing to have a cultural shock also this reverse cultural shock when you come back to your hmm. home country even Germany is diversifying. So I think that it's getting easier and easier to, to be in touch and to be in like international groups and to kind of have an outlet where you can un-Germanize yourself a bit. As long as you speak German. <laughs> <laughs> what are things you inform yourself on? like blogs you read, books you read? What are things which like forming your understanding of the world right now? I'm a lot just thrifting different books that are all about personal development, businesses, women and work, which is also like a really important topic. So I'm reading a lot of books. I love watching TED Talks. Mm -hmm. I think that they're so cool and so inspirational. I, I really enjoy that. So these are, and I mean, of course, I have my classes, you know, I work in a group of like over 30 people from a couple of different countries. So we have the Netherlands and Germany, obviously. We have the Azores. We have Romania. We have Turkish, Bulgarian. We have Liechtenstein, Italy. 
you know, we have Aruba. <laughs> so it's a lot of different people from different places. And, you know, that's also a little challenge sometimes, you know, to understand each other and why people might be behaving or coming across a certain way. Mm. So these are my main sources for inspiration and mind shaping. I'm really looking forward to being part of your journey and seeing how you grow and how you develop as well. So where can people connect you? Where can people find you? I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not really on social media. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. It was great talking. Thank you um, for inviting me. Thanks for having me. It's been really cool. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, see you next time. Thank okay, you very much. Cool. Thank you, Jens. Hey, this is Jens again. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you have listened to, please subscribe to the podcast and share the episodes with your friends and people you think might like it too. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, please follow me on social media or look me up at jensheitland.com. Thank you very much and see you in the next episode.